0: Guy with SJ. Wellfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry in his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man, Pastor Larry fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor. From there, later in life, he ended up becoming a school teacher, very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue collar, white collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man, fun to be around and he loves the Lord. Paul says in Ephesians 611, oh, by the way, good day listeners, glad you tuned in. I hope you stay tuned. Paul says in Ephesians 6 he says, put on the full, not part, armor of God so that you can stand, I want you to pay attention to the word stand, against politicians, against education, against globalism. No. Doesn't say that, does it? Put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the devil's schemes or the devil's wiles. And Paul again says in verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God. Again, he repeats himself, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. Here's that important word again, to stand your ground in verse 14, stand firm then. I've always been of the belief that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. How many of us are making a stand right now for Jesus Christ, our Lord? You have to stand up. You have to be counted for Christ. You can't hide in the cave, such as David did. David did not take a stand for Quite a while when he was running from Saul, but then he was kind of forced into making a stand. He thought of all kinds of his own schemes in order to avoid Saul. But wrote, David wrote a psalm about that, it's, and if you'd like to turn there, it's very interesting. In Psalm 57, when he came back with the Lord's direction, this probably should be our prayer too. Psalm 57. We know it's David writing from the cave because it it says so in the introduction. It says in the introduction, when he fled from Saul in the cave, the cave at Adullam, that we find in 1 Samuel, I think it's 20 or 21. That's not the important part. The important part is Psalm 57 here. Listen very carefully how David prays. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusts in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge, until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry out unto God, Most High, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue is a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps, my soul is bowed down, they have digged a pit before me. Into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Thelah. My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give you praise. Awake up, my glory, awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above the earth. I will cry unto thee, O God, David says in verse 2. David came to the point in his life where he has to make a stand, and his first resource was going to the God of mercy. That's exactly what we have to do. We can't fight the battles, and David had to fight the battles with Saul. We can't fight the spiritual battles if we're out of fellowship with God. If we're not being obedient to him. And I'm going to talk about these issues. And this is all found in the book of Ephesians. And you can see how it ties all together. So David's life is an example for us. And brothers and sisters, let me just say this. If you were like I am, you fall. You try to do things on your own. I'll be the first to admit that. And boy, I have done some strange things when I've been out of fellowship with God. And I haven't taken my stand for God like I should. But the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 10, 11, and 14, 13 and 14, that we have to take a stand. We have to stand. We have to put on the full armor of God. We can stand. So let's deal with uh, the passage at hand. In Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, we've already dealt with Paul's use of the word finally. He's tying all that that he said earlier in his letter, in the first five and a half chapters. He's going to tie this together with the spiritual armor because what he has said is our spiritual armor in the first five and a half chapters of Ephesians. Let me give you an example. So maybe I'm not being too explanatory here, but let me let me try something else because sometimes I struggle with being plain and understandable. I know what I wanna say, but sometimes it doesn't come out right. So let me try this. Let me give you an example. how we tie this together. You cannot, as a believer, hold up the shield of faith if you struggle all the time with your faith, if you're weak in the faith. Well, maybe you get that shield up a little bit and then it drops again. If we're living, we're not into the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what Paul said in Romans. That faith comes through the Holy Spirit working through the word of God. So that's why I say it's so important and foundational that we stay in the Word of God, we guard that time in the Word as of the utmost importance. I know we get busy, I know we fail, because I do the same thing. I love my garden and I love my flowers and so on and so forth. I find myself busy in ignoring my fellowship, letting God speak to me through His Word. So I make the mistakes and you make mistakes. We have to guard that time, and if we don't, we will struggle. We will struggle with our faith. We will struggle how to live by faith. You cannot, and that's a, that's one example. So to say the day of evil comes and all of a sudden you're going to pick up that shield, and you haven't been, shield has not been operational, it's almost next to impossible. So it's a day-by-day growing with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I might also add this. I believe the Bible teaches that we always must be growing. We always must be maturing in the things of Christ. If we don't, if we're still, say, we've been saved for 15 years and we're still at the salvation level, you will eventually you will eventually become ineffective for the Lord. Your faith will wane. It'll drop off. You begin to doubt. So, to hold up that spiritual armor, that shield of faith, we have to tie it into the rest of the book of Ephesians, which talks about a great standing, what God has done for us, especially in the first three chapters of Ephesians. Let me get, try to give you another example to clarify this. You cannot put on, and, and this spiritual armor, one of the belt of truth, you cannot put on the belt of truth, unless you, listen to me, Unless you put off, and book of Ephesians talks a lot about putting off. Unless you put off falsehood and speak truthfully. You understand that? That's, that's Ephesians 4.25. If we're living a life of exaggeration, let's just call exaggeration what it really is. Exaggeration's a lie. It's not the truth, embellishment. We like to give it different terms, but the Bible just, I like the Bible because it just plain out says, it's a lie. So how can you put on a belt of truth? All of a sudden the day of evil comes and you've not been practicing the truth. That is so important. So that's how Ephesians 4 ties in with our spiritual armor. So are, you, are we getting the picture here? Are we getting the picture of how things tie in together? Good. I'm glad we are. So now we can see it. So now we can see how the whole book of Ephesians ties in with our spiritual armor. But first of all, I have to say a word. The Satan is a defeated foe. You understand that. He's not stronger than God. God crushed his head at the cross. Jesus Christ. Remember that prophecy that's told to uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent? Well, Christ, by his crucifixion, has crushed Satan's dominion over you. Now, if a person doesn't submit himself or repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he's still under that dominion or that power of Satan. But when you came to Christ, Christ defeated that power of Satan to hold you in bondage. So, by virtue of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, God broke Satan's power. And that's very explanatory in the scriptures. He broke it over the human race. God left it in their lap, too, that we have to make choices. We have a free will. So let the Word of God speak for itself. And if you're following along, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15. I'll wait. I try to be good at waiting. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Just a little verse drop right there. Hebrews chapter 2. I don't want you to think that I'm not telling you the truth because that's important to me. I want you to know that I base my teaching upon God's holy, inspired word. If it's my opinion, I will say it's my opinion. If it's to think so, I will say it's to think so. If I'm not sure about a passage in scripture, I'll say I'm not sure, but I'll try to find the answer for you. So Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says, quote, for as much then as the children of flesh are partakers of the flesh. That's us before we were saved. are partakers of flesh and blood. But he, Christ, also himself took part of the same. That he might through death destroy him. They had the power over death. Now, I want you to pay attention to the word Destroyed. Destroy does not mean annihilate. He just destroyed Satan's hold over the human race. He made it non-effective, so to speak. It, him they had power over death, that is the devil, and deliver them through the fear of death. A lot of people in this world are afraid of dying because it's unknown to them, believer? And even as a believer, I had this problem. But believers, we do not have to fear death because death is a door into heaven. And what a blessed time that'll be. God, Jesus Christ, who Christ wants to deliver you through the fear of death. You don't have to fear death any longer. Because the fear of death, it says, we're all their lifetimes subject to bondage. It brings you, the fear of death brings you into bondage. And again, reiterate myself, how God has broken the Satan's power over the human race. Colossians 2, 14 through 15. Give you a second. Find that verse, Colossians 2, 14 and 15. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, talking about the law, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, to his cross, and having spoiled, listen to this, principalities, that's where, that's a spiritual realm, oil principalities and powers He made a show of triumph, openly, triumphing over them in it. Jesus is triumphant. Satan no longer has power over. What a blessed truth. What a blessed truth. Apply that to your hearts. Oh, how blessed that is. That you are no longer subject to Satan his principalities and his powers. He's going to try to make you think that's all a bunch of nonsense. That's his goal, and we're going to talk about that as we talk about his tactics. So I'll say, my friends, that Satan is a defeated foe. The serpent's head was crushed at the cross, and the same cross that will set men and women free from his power if they only would come recognizing their sin in receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. This is the only way to be free. The only way from sin's guilt and God's judgment and Satan's power. So, my friends, we as believers were fighting from victory. That Christ has already won. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you in a little uh, Vietnam illustration. When our company would win a battle or we'd take a hill, we'd have to always be on the alert for a counterattack. But the enemy was beaten, but we still had to watch for snipers or sappers that night around our position. Guys were picked off this way. Just as Satan likes to pick off believers that aren't ready, that aren't preparing. This is what a defeated enemy does. He always wants to counterattack. They drift off into the jungle someplace and waiting for the next opportunity, as they did in Vietnam. He still sniped at us, trying to inflict casualties among our ranks, to try to demoralize us, to get us out of action. I remember the Viet Cong would uh, set uh, uh, booby traps, we call them booby traps or IEDs in Iraq and Afghanistan. They would set these little pits in the ground, we called them punji pits, just enough to get your foot in. So what they would do, they would dig these little foot traps and what they would put in there was sharpened bamboo spikes dipped in some kind of dung, tons of bacteria on it. So when you step down there, you dry these bamboo sticks through your feet. And in case you pull your foot up and that's a natural reaction if you step on something, something is sharp, you wanna yank your foot out They would put those punji sticks at an angle on the sides of the pit, so when you pull them up, they'd stick in your ankle. It wasn't a killing thing. It was just something that would put you out of action for quite a while, and that's all they wanted to accomplish at times, is just to get you out of action. How many of us know that out of action means the less influence? We'll have another is for the cause of Jesus Christ, our Lord, or he wound us so deeply that we lose our witness for this Savior. Plays on your mind, doesn't He? And we're going to talk about that when we come to the helmet, salvation. Okay, we got to end here in a few minutes, but we're going to go back to Ephesians six ten, where it says, "Finally, my brethren." Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm going to stop there because I want to spend a little time here. So we're going to sign off. I'm going to sign off and say, have a blessed day. And remember, stand firm, put on the full armor of God, Jesus Christ. Thank you.